Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host is Justin Baker. And as promised on today's show, we are doing the top 10 breakout players for the 2022-23 season. And uh, Justin, I'm actually very excited about this list. I really enjoyed building this list. Oh, okay. Me too, actually. I, yeah, I, um, we haven't done a top 10 in a while, so I, no, was, just, no. I was overly giddy. <laughs> overly <laughs> uh i i was you know i tried to make a to make it like oh here's my number one breakout guy honestly i didn't really make it as much of a like here's the number one down to like mm, this menial number 10 over here uh i more or less i'd say i have 10 10 players that i would most look to uh so mine isn't necessarily built in any particular order uh, I'm sure that yours is because you're better than me. <laughs> yes, I have 10 guys in order, and I even threw in a just missed because oh, I knew you would love to see this player on the list, and I, right. I had a hard time keeping him off. It was it was Nicholas Kubelabe Muchacho. <laughs> yes. That's him? That's who it is? Not at all. <laughs> oh, darn it. Uh, but good guess. Well, okay. Well, this is what we're going to do. Uh, because you have a list and I don't, uh, we'll let you like we'll go with your order, and then when I have if if we hit on any of the same players, uh, then I'll I'll throw mine in, and then any that I have that are left over, uh, we'll we'll go through those. Okay, I love it. Okay, okay. Well, uh, yeah. First off, how did you determine? Like, what was it that that made you go? Yes, these are breakout players, and no, this guy's not a breakout player. What? What was your criteria? Yeah, so really I looked at guys that look like, you know, uh, last year I, I looked at some players that broke into the league maybe for the first time, and I saw something there where, where I was just like, you know what, I think this guy's going to be just a special player, the way he plays, the way he, you know, is able to move the puck in and out of the zone, or the way he plays the game defensively, or the way he stops the puck, et cetera, et cetera, all these little things. And then I also looked at things like, okay, is he going to get more ice time opportunity this year? Did he get some new players in the offseason that are really going to help him, you know, just take his game to the next level? Um, you know, like, for example, in our last show, you mentioned uh, Johnny Goudreau going to Columbus. And that was a team you looked at, uh, you know, potentially having a breakout player. Because, again, when you add a 100-plus point guy to a team, somebody else is going to benefit from that, right? So if you have a guy who maybe has been just kind of floating around that potential of, you know, taking the next step, that's kind of some of the things I looked at and uh, – you know, again, to whether or not the team as a whole as well is going to improve uh, or, you know, go the opposite way, really. Okay. Uh, well, the way that I did mine, I have kind of a mixture of, like, obviously guys who are maybe are going to potentially be in their rookie season in the NHL. Those guys are, are going to be breakout players. You know, the really good ones have the potential to be breakout players because they've never played before. And... Uh, that team all of a sudden has this player. Uh, that's a breakout player. But then also I have some some players who have definitely performed in the past. It's not as if all my players are guys who like, well, he had 14 points last year, and next year he's going to have 70. Uh, <laughs> mine are a, you know, a good mixture of players who have maybe uh, not necessarily have like been there before, but players who have put up good years in the past or a good year and – it looks like they might take the next step into like that that elite level. Uh, so I have I have kind of both and on my list. 
Okay, I love it. Yeah, I also looked at, uh, didn't mention it either, but I did look at a lot of rookies, guys who are going to get their first crack at a full season and see what they can do. Nice. Okay. Uh, well, let's go with your uh, your just missed. Yeah, my just missed is Timothy Lilligren from the Toronto Maple oh, Leafs. Okay. Yeah, he's. Uh, I've been itching to see this guy take the next step, and I think I think this year he's going to get a lot more ice time. I think uh, you're going to see him probably on that top pair with Morgan Riley. I feel like that's just going to be a an interesting combination that could potentially uh, be a windfall for him to cash in on some some good offensive production. Yeah, I I don't know that he's going to take TJ Brody's spot up there with uh, Morgan Riley because that seemed to be a very popular pairing there. But uh, if the, the, I, I, he certainly could take Justin Hall's spot on Muzzin's right side. If Muzzin's healthy, Timothy Lilligren would be, I think, a good uh, a good partner for him. At the same time, you may also partner him up with Mark Giordano, which is the same idea that you that you're talking about here is that he uh, he would probably benefit offensively from having him on on the left side. So yeah, I I, I would agree. I mean, he, he, no matter who you put him with, Riley Muzzin or Giordano, he's gonna have a a pretty good time <laughs> playing with one of those guys. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's absolutely and and the hope I think with Lilligren is that. Uh, you know, he he signed a two year deal, one point four million a year. He he got in sixty one games. He only played two playoff games. So I think the hope is that he takes that next step and he becomes a regular uh and then come playoff time he's he's one of the top six and that he's playing the entire playoffs. I think that would be a, a huge step for him. Um you know, do you find that defensemen are harder to kind of pin down for something like this? Where, yeah, especially absolutely. like, I mean, yeah, if you have a guy who was a huge, a huge offensive star like Makar was, but that's that's like a once in a generation kind of defenseman. So it's it definitely is harder to drop the defenseman into this list because they they don't have you know the obvious counting stats and uh, maybe the sexiness of a of a forward like a a potential top six forward that could be in a, a lineup. But yeah, completely agree. Um, well, okay, let's let's jump right into your list. Numero 10. All right, number 10. Uh, I looked at, you know, Columbus and Johnny Goudreau, and I, I thought, you know what, hey, Jack Roslevic, their number one center from last year, uh, is a guy who I think is going to benefit early and often from potentially centering that top line with Johnny Goudreau. I think he's going to be their go-to guy at center uh, for what they're paying him. And I think, you know, Cole Sillinger, I'm not quite sure if he's – you know, a true centerman yet. And Kent Johnson, I think he still needs a little bit more time to develop before taking over that, that number one role that I think they ideally drafted him for. So for me, I think Jack Rock, Ross Levick could be a guy who could easily put up 70 points this season going from, you know, his typical 40 and uh, really catapulting himself into a, you know, a top six centerman, you know, conversation. Yeah. I, I had him on my list, uh, 22 goals and 45 points last year. And now he gets to play with Goudreau. So I put him as Elias Lindholm part two is what I put here in my notes. <laughs> I uh, love it. I, I really, I, I mean, he's poised, right? Like he had, he had a really nice year this last year where you actually look at his underlying numbers and you say, there is a potential for like a Ryan Johansson type of player here. Uh, not necessarily a number one centerman on a team that is going to win the cup, but he could be. He can be a, you know, 
top th- 30. He could be somewhere in that 30 to 40 range in terms of centers in the NHL. Uh, if he has the right players around him. And what do you know? He's got a freaking good player around him. Uh, two yeah, of they've them. got some two of them actually. good wingers. Yeah. Uh, or you can always, you know, line A could be, who who knows what will happen uh, in, in terms of where, where if line A and Goudreau mesh together, uh, because line A is definitely going to want to shoot the puck. Uh, I know, you know, Goudreau, 40 goals last year. You think he's going to want to shoot the puck too? Uh, that that could be a potential chemistry clash there. You know, like is will Line and Goudreau actually play well together, or is that going to be a little bit too much of I want the puck and I want to shoot? We'll we'll see. Uh, either way, you would assume that power play would be pretty uh, pretty dangerous with those cool. two on it too. Uh, okay, let's go to your number nine. And number nine, I have Cole Perfetti <laughs> This is from the funny. Winnipeg Jets. This is funny. I have him on my list, too. I only have <laughs> 10 guys on my list, too, and we did not see each other's list before this. So Two for two. What, right. what made yeah. you put him on there? So I look at uh, a guy like Blake Wheeler really was the biggest, I think, reason um, that I put Cole Perfetti on here is, you know, Cole's stock is going up, Blake's is going down, and I think... Uh, between Mark Shifley and Pierre-Luc Dubois, I think he's going to have an opportunity to play on a top six with either one of those talented centermen. So uh, when you add that up and then you put Kyle Connor or Nikolai Ehler on the other side, uh, there is so much opportunity for him to succeed. And, you know, they've got new coaching in there too. So maybe things open up a little bit and they they play a little bit more offensive-minded game. And, uh, yeah, it, it feels like to me like, He's ready to break out, and not only that too, but uh, you know, I was reading the Athletic and their their top prospects page right now. I mean, he's listed at number eight, uh, you know, in in the top fifty there. I just think he's got really crafty hands. He's just he seems like he's the the modern type of playmaker where he just comes up with that weird and crazy stuff. You know, like Trevor Zegers, right? He's just exciting to watch. Yep, yep. And uh, the, the the thing about Perfetti is that he's not going to take away from the Ehlers or from Shifley because he may, he's not that much of a shoot like a he's not a, a sniper by any means he's definitely someone who's going to put up uh put up the the A's over the G's you know what I'm saying so mm-hmm. so you you know I I think he he'll come into that lineup and fit the vibe uh it's not not as if he can't shoot but you know last year in the 18 games played he had he had 7 points uh, in a minimum minimal role, I think like less than 13 minutes a game, uh, and he had two goals. Um, in the AHL, 17 games, six goals, but he had 15 points, so he definitely has the ability to create offense for those around him. Uh, and uh, also, World Juniors, <laughs> two games, six points for Cole Perfetti. Right. So, uh, get a <laughs> he's he's definitely ready to be at the next level. So, yeah, I I, I like that Cole Perfetti was on your list because uh, he was on mine. So it. so far, it's like you copied from my list. <laughs> well, I have a feeling my my number eight guy is probably on your list as well. Okay, so. all right, let's hear it. I've got Owen Power from the Buffalo Sabers. Okay, yeah, I, d- I didn't have him on my list, but not because I don't think he'll be a breakout player. I just didn't have him on my list because there's a lot. You know, there's there's probably close to a breakout player for every team, right? Like. Right. Every team's going to have somebody who does much better and, and frankly, much worse than you expect. So, uh, yeah. Owen Power, tell me why he's uh, number eight on your list. 
Yeah, six foot six. I mean, this guy's a beast, a tower, and I, you know, watched obviously being from Michigan, got to watch a lot of his games. Do you want to start calling uh, him the power tower then? Is that Oh, okay. I like where your head's at right now. That's we're gonna we're gonna trademark that bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, as a defenseman, he put up thirty two points in thirty three games at U of M. I mean, he got to play with some talented players, obviously, Maddie Beneers, Kent Johnson, we you know, Luke Hughes, we we know who we got to play with, but I mean, there's no doubt this guy is, um, you know, he's got a lot of talent, right? And so, um, you know, everything he does is just smart. He doesn't turn over the puck. He doesn't make a lot of costly mistakes. He's very smart in his own end. And the great thing for him is he gets to play with a Buffalo team that is improving. Uh, you know, they're much improved on the forward position, right? Guys like Peyton Krebs, um, you know, they seem to be just getting a, a lot. Alex Tuck, they seem to be getting a lot better up front. And he doesn't have to come into a team being drafted number one overall and play those top two, you know, pairing minutes. Uh, he can be on that second line, that that first or second power play, and get opportunities. And he's still a little sheltered from teams' top, you know, offensive units. So uh, to me, this has just got the opportunity to to be a breakout guy written all over it. Yeah, it's actually a reason why I, I really like the uh, Ilya Labushkin signing because okay, I I can see a situation where they play together, and Labushkin, it definitely the more stay at home guy, but like he's gonna. Th- throw hits and that whenever there's a guy out there who can who can really hit you know you're keeping your head up you're looking out for that guy and that may open up more space for Owen Power too so uh, I, I, I really like that signing for the Buffalo Sabres I was yeah me one. as well uh, okay let's go to your number seven all right number seven I've got from the New Jersey Devils Igor Sharangovich if I'm okay. even pronouncing that right I have no idea yeah, I th- Sharanagovich. I, I thought about putting him on my list. I thought yeah. about it. <laughs> I mean, look, for me, he was he was a, a good – I mean, a, he was almost – you could consider him a breakout player last year, 46 points and 76 games for his, you know, second full season here. Um, but I think he takes just another leap forward. Um, look, he had, a, he had a great Olympic gold qualifier game, you know, for Belarus, three, three goals in three games. I mean, this guy is a goal scorer in my opinion. Um, you know, and he's going to get an opportunity to play the whole entire year. Uh, ideally, I feel like he's going to be playing with Jack Hughes at center, where I think uh, a guy like Pallad and Jesper Bratt might might more or less fit better with Nico Heischer, be a defensive shutdown unit. Um, but again, I think with Jack Hughes or Nico Heischer, he's got an opportunity to really produce this season, especially because those guys are both playmakers. They're not goal scorers. So Igor is going to benefit from that greatly, I feel. Okay. Yeah, I had a... Uh... I think that's that's a that's a good pick to have him on there. Uh, on mine, since I I'm I'm guessing you probably didn't do too many from the same team. Uh, I actually had Jack Hughes on my list. Okay, uh, no, he is not on my list, and, and I have him there. I I'm I understanding like yeah, he had 56 points in 49 games last year. He he had a a relative breakout year, but first off, he wasn't healthy. You know, he missed 33 games. Uh, and and when you don't play those amount of games, you, you know you're not seen as well. He he still has yet to put up that big point, you know, the eighty plus points in a season. And I think this next year, based on the players around him too, and the fact that you won't be able to just hone all your energy in on Jack stopping Jack Hughes, I really think that he is in a position. He's going to put up close to a hundred points, if not. 100 points and he's going to score 40 goals uh and so i i I think that he's poised just for a 
an absolute monster of a year. If they make the playoffs, he's probably going to be talked about as a a potential MVP candidate. And I, but I I think regardless, you're probably looking at the next Lady Bing Trophy guy. Uh, Forty nine games, fifty six points. He had zero penalty minutes this last year. So if he continues wow. that trend, you know, and he puts up ninety points and has zero penalty minutes. There's your next lady bing winger, Jack Hughes. Winner. Yeah, and I'll I'll say this, Jack Hughes, speaking of which, I'm not sure what the status is for his younger brother Luke, but if Luke's in there on the back end Woo! dishing him the puck, that could spell danger for some teams. Yeah. Um, all right, who do you have at number six? Number six, from the Carolina Hurricanes, I have Seth Jarvis. Um, I'm not sure if you got to watch him at all last year, but you know, 40 points in 68 games, but towards the end of the season and especially in the playoffs, he got paired up with Sebastian Ajo on the regular, and it just looked like gangbusters. Those two just clicked uh, so well that I feel like a full year with Sebastian Ajo. And now, hopefully, uh, Max Petretti on the other wing for the top-line Carolina Hurricanes. I feel like this is somebody who could potentially have just a tremendous breakout year, I think, um, you know, obviously Sveshnikov was looked at to be that other guy to be on the top, you know, line with, with Aho. But I feel like right now, uh, the way he played last year, they moved him off Aho and uh, dropped him down to that center line or that second line. You know, I think with him and Tara Vinen on that second line, adds a nice, nice combination to give you a lot more depth scoring if you're Carolina. And so to me, Jeff, Seth Jarvis is a guy who could really break out this season and potentially put up 60, 70 points, no problem. Yeah, and when you consider that, uh, you know, he he had a slow start to the season, uh, you know, he, in a in a a normal year, he probably would have been in a conversation for rookie of the year. It's yeah, just I mean, we had a lot of twenty years old, so <laughs> right, right, yeah. He uh, he had a really nice first year, and, and hopefully he can follow that up with a, a without the sophomore slump that some players experience. Uh, who do you have at what, what we had number five now, right? Number five, yeah. I have, um, if you recall, uh, our mid-season awards. You gave this guy the Calder Trophy, uh, and unfortunately, he spent the rest of the year injured. But to me, I think a guy by the name of Anton Lundell mm. is poised to break out and be just a phenomenal. I mean, in my opinion, he could be Bergeron 2.0 here. That's how good he is on both sides of the puck. Um, you know, he could be just a breakout guy this year. Now, what I will say is he won't have, um, you know, as much help on his wing, you know, with Sam Reinhardt and, um, you know, gosh, what's his name? Anthony Duclair's injured. So Sam Reinhardt moves up to that second line. Uh, so right now he's, he's slated to be between, you know, Colin White and Nick Cousins. So maybe there's not as much offensive firepower. But I think the way he plays the game, I'm not necessarily looking at points when I look at a breakout player. I think this guy is going to be just the the go-to young, you know, defensive two-way guy who's going to show teams that, hey, you know what, besides Barkoff, we've got another fantastic center that can, you know, be in that Selkie conversation year in and year out. Yeah, he did not have a very good playoff. You know, he only had the one goal in nine games in the playoffs. Uh, but his first NHL playoff experience, you can give him the pass for that. Uh, yep. But, yeah, if I mean, if he can take that next step, and the the Panthers do indeed have a you know a, most really good teams. They've got three good centers, so uh, he would definitely fit that bill. And and the Panthers are are cooking with gas and bringing in a guy like Matthew Kachuk. 
I think maybe really help someone like Anton Lundell because you could potentially have uh, Lundell playing, you know, playing center and and playing with Matthew Kachuk in certain situations. And uh, boy, that would look that would be pretty interesting too because both those guys yeah. kind of offer something something unique and special. Um, yeah, to me, Lundell looks like. You know, when, when Pittsburgh won their back-to-back cups and they had Jordan Stahl at that third-line center mm-hmm. spot and he was yep. that shutdown guy, this is what I see right now. Yep. Okay, I like it. I mean, I'm sure he would love that. <laughs> if, he's, <laughs> if he's the next Jordan Stahl, uh, he's not going to complain. Uh, all right, who's at number four? Number four, I have from the Ottawa Senators, Brady Kachuk. Okay. Um, I mean, I would say that his brother's playoff was really his breakout uh, but you know, I mean, gosh, the man could hold like 15 beers at once. Um, but listen, 67 points in 79 games, kind of similar to your pick of Jack Hughes. I feel like he's poised to take even another step and be considered, you know, one of those top 20 players, one of those, I mean, one of those guys that are just a reckoning and just, you, you can't slow down. Right. I mean, 30 goals, uh, you know, he seems like he'll just mow down everybody that gets in front of him. He plays with that kind of tenacity. And I feel like you know, again, now that he's got Giroux to bring it there, he's got a lot more weapons around him. Even though he plays the left wing, he might not see a lot of five on five time with Alex to bring it. But uh, you can't just focus in play, on him. You know, that's the... right. Yeah, they've got more than one killer out there that you've got to you know choose who you're going to put your top pairing against, and that will free up some opportunities to uh, you know. Put, I mean, this Ottawa team could potentially have two forty goal scores and Rinkin and Kachuk next year. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Funny enough, I I have an Ottawa senator on my list. It's not either one of those guys. It's oh, okay. Drake Batherson. Uh, I love it. If you remember, he was absolutely rolling when uh, when he got hurt. Uh, I can't remember what goalie it was that stepped out and tripped him, and he he put him out for the rest of the year. Uh, there was that cheap play, and people were pissed about it. Uh, <laughs> forty four points in forty six games, and this was for a bad team. And and do you remember all the injuries that Ottawa was was uh, trying to deal with early on in the year too? I mean, this guy could put up ninety points next year, and, and yeah. he's he's good. He's a he's a really nice two way player too. Uh, he may be the the most like almost like the most uh, ready player on this team to put up big points. Like Brady Kachuk kind of brings something a little different to the table, whereas Drake Batherson and he just he just plays and he's I really think he's in a position to uh, to produce some big points and to kind of be that Jonathan Huberdeau uh, style of a player where you know he just hits his stride and he ends up putting up big points maybe somewhat quietly, uh, but yeah I mean for him <laughs> at the uh, at the end of the, you know, he's he's in his big deal. Like he's he still has five years left on this this less than five million dollars a year deal. And boy, what a steal that'll look like if he's putting up eighty or ninety points, which, frankly, he would have likely done had he not gotten injured. Which I think yep. is something that we forget about. So, he, I, I think he'll start to get more recognition, assuming he stays healthy. That is the key. Uh, I noticed there's no goalies on your list so far. There, there, there's one in here. Don't okay, worry. okay, we got three <laughs> we got left. Three spots got three left. left. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's go number three. All right, number three. I had to. I just. I had to put in one from Detroit here, and I've got Jacob Verana at number three, hmm. um, being my next breakout player. Now, um, you know, I know maybe you could look back three years and say, you know, he kind of broke out with Washington, 
52 points in 69 games in 1920. But, um, you know, again, he was playing with, with some good centermen, you know, back then. He was playing with Kuznetsov on that second line. Looked like he was, you know, and Lars Eller. You know, he spent a lot of time with those two guys and looked like he was poised to the next season make take that next step, right? And uh, ultimately, Washington, you know, didn't like his playoff performance. No no points in eight games and felt they needed a change midway through the season. They go and get Anthony Manthon. He comes to Detroit, puts up eight goals in 11 games, right? I mean, looked great, 11 points. You, you think, okay, this guy's going to break out next season, right? Gets hurt, unfortunately. But in 26 games, puts up 13 goals and 19 points. And that's with a Mi- terrible yeah. centerman. And I mean, missing camp highest. and all that, too. Right. And so, to me, now he comes in fully healthy at camp, gets Andrew Kopp to play with that center. Or maybe, you know, you, you move Bertuzzi down with Kopp and you put Verona on that top line. He's got two good options to play with that center now who can actually dish him the puck and play a good defensive game. So now they, they're going to help create space for a guy like Verona to get open and just wail it on the, you know, wail it on the wing there. And then not only that too, but on the power play, he could play on that second unit with a guy like David Perron, who is just known for just being a master on the power play. Yeah. And they have, they have Billy Huso in there to, to compete with Nadelkovich. So I think their goaltending is better. They bring in Ben Chirot. You know, and and Cider's going to take a step, and Simon Edvinson, who is my breakout player for uh, Ooh, on, on this list it. for for you know for Detroit here, uh, I I think you're you know potentially you, Detroit back to back years you've got a defenseman in the Calder conversation, so it's it's going to be there's there's a lot more stability, and when you don't have to worry as much about letting goals in. You know, a guy like Verano, who you want to just you want him to score goals, maybe freed up a little bit, and uh, that would be a wonderful thing for Detroit. Yeah, absolutely. All right, who do you have at number two? All right, number two, I finally put a goalie on this list. All right, here we go. Hopefully, he's uh, he's somewhere on your list too. But from the Dallas Stars, I've got Jake Ottinger. Mm, that's a good one. Uh, I don't have him on my list actually. Okay, yeah, I know. Again. You know, last couple of years, he was splitting time. He wasn't quite the true number one. Um, but I think after watching him in the playoffs, I mean, there's no doubt he's a breakout star this season. I mean, seven games, a 954 save percentage, 181 goals against. The only reason the Dallas Stars went seven games at all was because of this guy. And I think, yep. um, you know, he's got a really great opportunity now. He doesn't have to worry about Brayden Holtby, Ben Bishop, anybody else over his shoulder potentially stealing the spotlight. He's going to play 60-plus games, I feel like, this season. He's going to be that guy. And uh, I think he's going to be right in that, that Vesna conversation. I think he's going to be, you know, maybe number five, number six right there in the voting when, when it's all said and done at the end of the year. Yeah, that's going to be the, – the one tricky thing there is, uh, first off, he has to get signed, which he will. Uh, but the, right. and, and the trade for Scott Wedgwood was a really good one. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Scott Wedgwood, but he's not – he's obviously not – anybody you fear about stealing your starting position now what i will say sorry he was uh, he was signed as a free agent my bad he signed as a free agent uh, right right but he but, i mean he still played for the dallas stars towards the end of the year uh got eight games in with them but i still think he's a very capable backup who can give you 20 good games a season uh and fill in you know if you do have injuries of course but yeah i mean uh, last year he got into 37 games is he great no uh i mean <laughs> In Arizona, he had a nine eleven save percentage. <laughs> he was right. pretty good. Uh, goals against average, notwithstanding. I mean, 
he uh yeah he he's a good backup goalie and i think i don't know that you want to you want ottinger in his first full year in the league at 23 to be going over 60 games i think your hope is probably that you can work him somewhere in that 50 to 55 range have him really fresh for the playoffs and uh and have it you know uh, and that all assumes that this is a team that goes to the playoffs I mean, we can talk about that on another show uh, but you may have to have them play 65 games to get them in the playoffs i don't know uh but this uh, i i agree with with your uh your pick for him to be a, a breakout guy he's he's going to be good he's going to be yeah, somebody there, you're going to want on your fantasy team uh, oh absolutely over i mean there was the another guy uh, you know, in Dallas, Mason Marshment, I, I thought about putting in as a breakout pro player. But uh, to be quite honest, I, you know, he's not going to play on that top line with Robertson, Hintz, and Pavelski. So, you know, what kind of Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan are we getting? And, you know, is he going to fit in with those guys? So we'll see. Put him down on the fourth line. Ben and, <laughs> ben and Sagan can, can rule the fourth liners. Rule uh, the fourth liners. I... Uh, well, let's go to your number one, and then we'll. Uh, right now, I have one, two, three, four, five players that uh, you haven't said that I have on my list. Okay, number one for me, and I think uh, you know, I, I have a feeling he probably didn't make your list, but to me, I just feel like this guy's going to be uh, someone I'm going to take with maybe my second to last round pick in, in fantasy, and then he's going to he's going to produce like gangbusters for me. But that is Maddie Beneers from the Seattle Kraken. Okay, I'd say I have a I have a similar player like that on my list but it's not mad okay Bears. yeah he was he was great in michigan uh came to the nhl obviously at the end of the year after the college season was over with and you know with with mediocre you know middle six wingers he managed to put up nine points in 10 games and you know this season uh you know he's got andre barakowski oliver bjorkstrand comes over could potentially play in his wing as well and you've got guys like Jaden schwartz and everly still there who can still produce um and the great thing is is now a guy like Yanni Gord and Jared McCann can go play on that third line where they're best situated and best suited for and be that shutdown line for this team so he doesn't have to go out there and try to shut down top offensive lines either. So to me, this is a great opportunity for a guy like Beniers to really you know, come out and just take advantage. Yeah, and just be able to play that like maybe a third line role and be able to go up against players who just aren't prepared for his level of skill. And there's... Yeah, and there's no pressure for him to succeed either, right? He doesn't have to come in and, and save the franchise, right? He wasn't drafted yep, to be yep. that guy. So, Yep, I like it. Uh, all right, well, my similar player uh, is Mason McTavish for the Anaheim Ducks. Very similar situation. He's definitely going to come in and play. I think the long-term outlook for this guy is that he's the number one center in Anaheim. The number two is is Trevor Zegras. And, I mean, this, this guy, is, the ceiling is so high. For Mason McTavish, he's going to be a very good centerman, and uh, he may be my. It'll be like him and Edvinson up for Rookie of the Year. It'll be it'll be tough. I think if he if he cracks that lineup, which I'm pretty sure he will, it's going to be tough to beat out uh, a forward again. Like it's not too often defensemen win that Rookie of the Year, so it'll be tough for it to happen again. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't doubt it either. And it wouldn't surprise me if they start him off on the wing as well to start the year. So if you get to play with a guy like Ryan Strom or even, like you said, Trevor Zegras, I mean, those are playmakers that are going to dish him yeah. the puck all day long. And I think yeah. his his size and the way he plays the game is just going to be play, play very well for him. Exactly. Uh, okay, let's see. 
I have uh, my other centerman. I'll, I'll, I'll get through my forward, and then I've got a defenseman, and I've got some goalies. Uh, Nick Suzuki from the Montreal Canadiens, he quietly puts up 61 points with a pretty terrible team. And all of a sudden, you know, Montreal, it, I, I think it's a little bit better of a situation coming into this year. You get a full year behind Martin St. Louis as the head coach. And I, I really think that for Nick Suzuki, we might be looking at an 80 point year. And and I you know adding the the players they did around him they have Kirby Doc now as that second line center, I think it just opens Nick Suzuki up to uh, to really being able to kind of take this to the next level. And I mean he's being paid like he's a, a first line point per game player at, at over seven and a half million dollars. So it's time to show it, and I I think that he will. Yeah, I like that pick, and I I don't disagree with you. I think we're going to see a lot more out of him. I think when Martin St. Louis took over, right, his production went up. And yep. same with Cole Caulfield, right? Yep. These are two guys that are, you know, expected to be the future for this franchise. And I think both these guys are going to produce a little bit more than they did last year. And again, you know, who who else is going to play with them, right? Is it going to be Mike Kaufman, uh, Dadanoff, or maybe Gallagher, or Josh Anderson? Who knows? But I think either way, you're going to find, I think there's a good opportunity to find a, a good combination for a top line there that, that will produce for sure. Okay. Uh, defenseman. Uh, this is my like. This is one of those true like. Ooh, who's a guy hiding in the shadows that nobody's ever thought about? Uh, Matt Roy for the L.A. Kings, defenseman. Oh, I love that pick. He played a, a career high twenty one minutes a night. You know, he's he was second only to Doughty uh, on average ice time. Of course, he he got more ice time when Doughty got hurt. Uh, he is behind only Thomas Shabbat of the Ottawa Senators, uh, leading defenseman in goals below expected. Which, uh, which is you know like he's he was on the ice for an absurd amount of goals because I think he was just put into these situations, uh, but they were getting seven point one eight shots per sixty minutes at five on five, seventh highest rate among defensemen. So he's on the ice producing offense, and he just kind of was unlucky at a lot of points, um, and and I think that you know when you're on a team, I know that they made the playoffs. Uh, but when when you're kind of shoved into a role where you don't have a whole lot around you, uh, those things can go wrong. But I think he's in a position he's going to get a lot of ice time next year. He played well with it, and they produce a lot of offense when he's on the ice. So I think he's he's ready to take a another step there for the Kings. Yeah, I don't hate this one at all because I I actually did think about him for my just miss category, but ultimately pick Lilligren. Um, I'm not the mad thing about I love that. About- no, but the thing I love about Matt Roy, right, is at this point, right, I feel like he's he's 27 years old. So, you know, when you talk about uh, candidates for, for breakout year, right, you normally look at guys who are 21, 22 years old. Right, right. Um, you know, but he's had a lot more opportunity to develop his skill and being a seventh-round pick, right, it, and being a defenseman at that too, right, those are two things working against him where maybe you don't get those looks as much, uh, you know, as some other guys that were drafted in the first or second round. And so – you take a little bit longer to, to get that ice time to develop. And you know what? He, he you know, had an opportunity last year with Dowdy's injury and looked very comfortable doing it. Um, and so I think, again, you know, he plays a very good defensive style game. Now he's not going to bring the offensive numbers that Dowdy does, but I think his defensive game is very, very sound. Well, we'll say that Dowdy did. I don't know that Dowdy's putting up huge numbers nowadays, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. I've got, yeah. I've got some goalies to close out the show. Oh, bring it. Uh, my my first one, very probably somewhat. Well, 
you would probably say that he already had his breakout year last year, uh, but I don't think he really got the credit that he deserved. And I think the team that he's on will be better this year, so I think he'll get a little more credit. That's Thatcher Demko. Uh, when you look at what Demko did for the Vancouver Canucks, I mean, he almost single-handedly made them not the worst team in the league. <laughs> like they they would have been they they were awful, but he had a great year. You know, nine fifteen save percentage, and that's what he's done the last two years. Nine fifteen, uh, he still managed to win thirty three games on a on a bad team. I mean, he was seventh in Vesna Trophy voting, so it's not as if people didn't know he existed by any means. Uh, but I think that this Canucks team is going to be even better, and I think that he he walks into next year, and you know if he's winning forty games next year, and can bump that save percentage just ever so slightly. I mean, he might win the Vesna Trophy next year, which would be a huge bump. I, I think Vancouver's got you know, probably a, a top five goaltender in the league, especially given his age at 26. I mean, he's got some great years ahead of him. Yeah, he's he's definitely, uh, I mean, I, I agree with you, but I think that his breakout year was last year. Um, I Again, I think he is top 10 in this league, in my opinion. I think he's a phenomenal goaltender, but um, you know, now he doesn't have a veteran backup. It's really falls on his shoulders. Yes. Spencer Martin's there, uh, to play backup, but you know, is he a guy that's going to play, you know, 20, 25 games, uh, that, that might be it. And so, you know, Thatcher Demko is going to have to play 60 games this season, uh, and really carry this team, carry the workload. And so, um, you know, again, they don't, you know, that defense, uh, is suspect for me. I think Luke Shin was, you know, was a lot better than, Maybe some people thought Tyler Myers looked all right. And, um, you know, maybe a full year with, you know, Boost Boudreaux helps out a little bit. And, uh, you know, hopefully they hold on to JT Miller and don't trade him because uh, there's a guy, if I was Vancouver, I would not want to, you know, <laughs> lose at all. And, you know, same said with Bo Horvat, who's another great, you know, two-way player who can still produce. So we'll see where they go up front there with those two guys. But all in all, I, I agree. I think Thatcher Demko is just a phenomenal player to have on this list, whether or not you think, He's breaking out this year or last year. I think regardless, he's going to have a fantastic season. He's going to break out from his breakout year. That's what he's going to do. <laughs> uh, my last two players, I bumped them together because I don't really care which one does it. Um, when you look at what pre- Peter Morazic did with the Leafs last year, he had an 888 save percentage and went 12-6. and six. Okay, uh, Jack Campbell had a terrible end of the year. And he still was winning games because they were winning seven to five. Uh, I think that Ilya Samsonov and or Matt Murray are both going to have breakout years, but maybe both, maybe one of them, whatever, uh, because they're going to pile up wins because they're going to win even if they have a 900 save percent. If they can have a 900 save percentage, that's still better than what Mrazek was putting up for them. Uh, and I think that it's almost, it's it's likely that at least one of them will have over a 9-10 save percentage. And we'll look back at, doesn't matter which one, we'll look back at one of them and go, that ended up being a good move for the Leafs. And and it, they got their goalie and they got him for cheaper than what they would have paid for Jack Campbell. I Personally, I think Jack Campbell, well, he, he does have athleticism and he's a good goaltender. I do think that a lot of what he was able to accomplish in Toronto and probably what he'll be able to accomplish in, in Edmonton is that he's just in front of a really good team. And it's no knock on him. 
you still have to play well, but I think he's in front of a good team. So I think one of those guys are going to have a breakout year because of the team in front of them. Yeah. And it will build so, confidence. <laughs> so here's my thing, right? You talk about confidence and being able to win those seven to six games. Um, you know, I think early on in the year, Jack Campbell looked really, really good for this Toronto Ooh, team. And I think for that, two months, he was like, he's going to win the Vesna. Right. And I think a lot of that early on helps sparks confidence in this forward group to say, hey, you know what? We can go play a little looser, a little faster. We can shoot the puck a little bit more because we know we're going to get good goaltending back there, right? So I think, again, if early on Murray or Samsonov don't seem to stop the puck or they, they look like freaking you know Swiss cheese over there, uh, that might you know cause players like Tavares, Marner to grip the stick a little tighter. Now, again, I still think these guys are, are fully capable of winning five and four games regardless who's in net, but... Uh, there might be some times where it costs you a game or two because you don't want to take that chance. You don't want to, you know, make that extra pass uh, because you're worried about the turnover and the puck going the other way. So, good lord, sometimes they just needed to not make the extra pass. Just shoot <laughs> well, the freaking thing. Yeah, you you could say that too. But I, I think out of those two guys, if I had to pick anybody, um, I like Samsonov to potentially break out and have a much better season than he did last. I, I don't have a lot of confidence in Matt Murray, no matter who's in front of him or how many goals Toronto can score. I, I don't think it's going to work out well, in my opinion, but I do think with a good offensive team and a lot of pressure off him to be the guy, Samsonov could potentially come in there and just have a, a you know, a 9-10, 9-12 save percentage type of year, and that would be pretty good. Okay, we're going we're gonna to make a bet. We're gonna, we'll come back on the next show with, with what our bet is going to be, but we are going to bet something between who is going to be the better goaltender, Samsonov or Murray. Ooh, okay. I'm going to take Murray and you're taking Samsonov is what it sounds like. So I we'll figure it. out a good, a good prize for the winner and we'll, uh, we'll keep track. And then, you know, in a year from now, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll pay up. So we'll, we'll come up with that and then we'll, we'll now talk about it on the next show. Uh, but that is our top breakout players for the upcoming season. You know, pick all those guys in fantasy. You'll win. Uh, just ignore Austin Matthews and, and you know Connor McDavid. Those those guys aren't breakout players anymore. So Who needs them? Don't don't put them on your team. Uh, Justin, I hope you have a great rest of your day. To our listeners, enjoy the uh, the sunshine, and uh, you know just it's okay. Hockey will be back soon. I know it feels like forever, but we're gonna get some World Juniors at least. That'll be fun. I feel like I can actually watch the World Juniors because. There, there's no hockey on, so it'll be it'll be a good time to watch. When does that actually come on? Do you remember? Do you know? No, I actually don't. Off the top of my head, I uh, I'm embarrassed to say I don't. Uh, Google will tell me August 9th is when it starts. August Beautiful. 9th to August 20th. So I mean, not too often in the middle of August you get some good solid hockey. So that'll be that'll be fun. Um, so we'll be on the lookout for that. And uh, until then, we will talk to you guys later.